he's a very special, very special friend, and I want to milk all the time out of him as possible. Uh, Get that time milk. <laughs> gross. I don't want to hear about what you do on your free time. <coughs> I mean, not. To, I don't want to shame or anything. I mean, consenting adults and all that, but you don't have to tell me about it. Just saying. <laughs> Welcome to Think Outside the Box Set. I... Oh, fuck. I forgot to say what the podcast is about. It's a podcast about learning to appreciate an artist's back catalog, and I'm Nathan Hunt. And I'm Cameron DeWitt. And Nathan, this podcast has taken away one of my Get Up in the Cool uh, listeners. It's taken it away? Yeah, so I, I have this other podcast, Get Up in the Cool. Uh, did you know about this, Nathan? What? You're telling me I plug me in now? every other show, but you're probably just looking at your at your sites while I do it. But uh, I have another podcast, um, Don't Freak Out, uh, and it's called Get Up in the Cool, and I interview uh, Appalachian, well, not Appalachian folks sometimes, but we play Appalachian fiddle and banjo music and stuff like that. Uh, and I was recently, you know, searching for mentions of it on the internet, and I looked up Reddit, and I never go on Reddit, but I was like, I wonder if there's any mentions of Get Up in the Cool on Reddit, and... So luck would have it, about 12 days ago, someone posted uh, a very, very nice uh, little review of my podcast on Reddit. And there are Aww. two comments. One of them was some sort of bot comment, like about linking or something. And then the second comment I'm going to read for you real quick. Oh, I got it. I, I can't wait. This is by Clinton's Kill People. Oh, my God. And it was from 10 days ago. <laughs> Great username. I was absolutely loving it until the end where they decided to plug their other podcast outside the box set. <laughs> That's <laughs> and us. I hear a bunch and I hear a bunch of a bunch of disparaging remarks about Jesus in quotes and Christians in quotes ellipses. I'm clearly not the target demographic. It's hard to imagine listening to it again, knowing that's what he's all about. Shame, because he's a great picker, too. <laughs> so apparently, uh, uh, Clinton Kills People is so concerned about my stance on his or her uh, faith, if well, you want to call it that. No, that they're uh, concerned about your immortal even... soul, Cameron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can't we can't let a picker this good go to hell. <laughs> It deserves to be picking with the angels. <laughs> uh, it's all because of your, your atheist rantings. Oh, God. All that time I spend talking about how much I disparage Christians and Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Cameron, are are you even a picker? Would you describe yourself as that? Because you're more of a claw hammerer, right? I mean, I'm a down picker. Claw hammer is a down pick, but mm. I guess I would say that. Clearly, on a few puns. levels, this person doesn't know anything that they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but they do know that Clintons kill people, so at least they yeah. they know that. I think we can trust them that Unfor far. Unfortunately, that is definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, well, I, I mean, mean... not personally. <laughs> not personally, but... I mean, maybe. Presidents. I don't know, but... <laughs> yeah, it's a bad job. It's a shitty job, and, yeah. you know, someone's got to do it. Someone's got to bomb not. Serbia. Anyway, let's talk about this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's not do the podcast. Let's just talk about it. 
Yeah. Hey, Cameron, have you been listening uh, to that great, great podcast? Think outside, or sorry, uh, outside the box set. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really good. It's it's hosted by these dumb assholes named Nathan and stupid <laughs> dumb Cameron. And they're always that is his Christian name, ironically. <laughs> yeah, and coincidentally, they're always that's why he hates Christians. Christmas and Jesus and America and Mom and apple pie and freedoms. And baseball. Yeah. <laughs> so, shout out to Clayton have, Kills People. I have, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, my show's going to be fine without you. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they were the linchpin. Maybe they're, like, super connected. Oh, shit. Maybe they're a pastor at a mega church, and they would have told <laughs> everyone about my show. Oh, no. Fuck. I'm sorry. Yeah. Take it all back. <laughs> I love Jesus. I love Christmas. <laughs> I do love Jesus, I. but a lot of his followers, are, they're a real bummer. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to argue with that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Sevens. Sevens. Like the movie with Kevin Spacey. Yeah. <laughs> it's spelled with a seven in it. <laughs> that would be so funny. C7N, uh, so I think is how it's pronounced. I think Garth's been getting on that uh, that summer uh, ghoul game. I think he stole someone's youth because he's looking very, very young and hunky in this album art. This is his first non-bonkers album art, dude. Yeah, I mean the just sit, he's just in a barn, leaning pretty he's got in a pretty tack. sexy way. Yeah, he's he's got some tack. He's got that come hither eyes. He's just like smoldering sexuality. Yeah. He's got his thumb hooked in his yeah. big old cowboy belt. He's got yeah. all. All airbrushed. Uh, um, I think. I'll, ooh, uh, Cameron, I, I'll, I'll be right back. I got to take care of something real quick. <laughs> okay. Just looking at this album, album cover. <sighs> yeah. Uh, uh, I'm proud. I'm excited. I'm nervous. And it feels good to be back in the game again. This is a very personal album. I only wrote six of the songs, but there are many that are so <laughs> me that people I work with every day thought I wrote them. End quote. <laughs> Does he say that about every album? I feel like every album we've talked about, he's been like, this is such a personal album, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> I love how candid he is about like how little he writes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is <laughs> good. I do, I do appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think it's it's a little presumptuous to say he wrote six of the songs because he has a co-writing credit. Yeah. And I think that <laughs> he's like mostly, the last credit on six of the songs. Yeah. I think that mostly just means like he had an idea and scrawled it on a cocktail yeah. napkin. I only wrote on six of the songs. <laughs> he on scrawled top of them. on them with his crayon. <laughs> <laughs> um, overall, Cameron, this is a much stronger album than last week, I think. I, I don't know I how think you so. feel about yeah. it. Yeah. It's I I don't I don't feel bored by it. I don't think it's super bland. I did. I, I don't think it's it's mostly a. I, I mostly think it's not offensive for the most part. I did write not for the sure, most part. Not sure how to feel about this one. Unlike six or seven of these songs in the yeah. notes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There are some standout tracks though. There's yeah. some good ones. I I, I agree. I yeah. think he's. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. For some reason, I just really thought we were just going to like flounder until the end of the season of uh think outside the box set what? but but let's... Cameron next week's Chris Gaines <laughs> oh yeah next week is Chris Gaines we can't flounder with oh, him god who's gonna be our bright spot so... we've waited so long yes we've been talking about it literally every week literally, literally everyone 
that I uh, tell about the show. They're like, are you going to do a Chris Gaines episode? Like everyone's so proud to know about like this like hilarious thing. <laughs> They're <laughs> horny for that Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this album is called Sevens, and I think that's because it's Garth's seven al- seventh album, and it was released yeah. in 1997, and yeah. there are 14 songs. So that's seven mm, times two. Four there's, sevens. There's numerology everywhere. And there yeah. was a uh, 700,000, 700, 700, sorry, 777,777 copies of Sevens were marked as first editions. And they have oh. a, a gold seal in the CD booklet and a it's gold seal mystical. on the CD. I know, right? Yeah. Um, How many times should you forgive Garth Brooks? Seven times seven. Seven times seven. <laughs> a little biblical humor for you there. <laughs> yeah. It's a little, little uh, that plays well on the flannel graph circuit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like the, the, the borscht belt, but for Christians. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna pander to Christians this whole episode. I hope you don't mind. I really want Clinton kills yeah. people to get back on the. <laughs> yeah, we should extend him or her really want a, them to every... a direct invitation <laughs> to come back to the fold, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, Nineteen ninety-seven. No, no. Let me tell. I have one more thing. Okay. Ugh. Okay. <sighs> so Princess uh, Diana died. Oh. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Go ahead. One of these songs no, almost I'll... made me think of Princess Di. Actually, um, there's like a white limousine that shows up in one of them. But we'll get to that. Oh uh, yeah, good point. Actually, maybe maybe uh, maybe this is a good way of transitioning into talking about what happened in 1997. Because at the end of 1997, uh, there was the largest concert ever to take place in Central Park. 980,000 people showed up, just what? shy of a million. There were special guests Don McLean and Billy Joel. Wow. And it was a Garth Brooks concert. And oh they called God. it Garth Stock. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Me too. Oh, that's very good. I know. Very good. Good Sounded job, great. Garth. Yeah. So For some reason a... I thought he was on his like downward like losing popularity, but obviously not. No, the next year he releases his best selling album, which is his double live album and Oh his live right, right. Sold twenty one million copies. It comes out in nineteen ninety eight. Are there songs on that that aren't on the other ones? Good question. I will look that up while you tell me what else happens in nineteen ninety seven. Tune out for a second. So uh Princess Diana died Wait, uh, do you say something? <laughs> one and a half billion people, I guess, watched the the televised funeral or memorial service or whatever uh some other people die um mother Teresa uh dies in calcutta calcutta kolkata i don't know how to pronounce that i think they're there you go pandering to christian yeah uh notorious big killed in a drive-by um ibm's deep blue beat kasparov uh i was looking this up i guess kasparov Mm. is never I don't think he's ever lost to, um, or at this point, at least, he had never lost to a human. So, like, this was the first entity to beat him. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, that's pretty nuts. Uh, I don't know about this one. I didn't check it, but it says Hong Kong returned to Chinese rule. Really? Yeah. Yeah. In 1997? That recently? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was such a... years ago. I was such a dumb... <laughs> 
eight-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say all it, right. but we were all thinking it. I'm just going to breeze through the rest of these. We got, a, what, 14 songs to talk about? Yeah. Madeleine Albright mm-hmm. becomes the first female Secretary of State. Uh, Lion King musical debuts. Uh, Heaven's Gate mass suicides in California. Uh, here's another Aww. Mike Tyson blip. Uh, he This is when he bites the ear. And that's when oh, everyone yeah. starts paying attention. Uh, Dolly, <laughs> the rape wasn't enough. Yeah, no. Dolly the sheep is the first successfully cloned mammal. Oh, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, I, I think I read that in 2003 they they put her down because of like heart failure or something. Apparently, apparently they they were premature <laughs> in calling it successful because obviously uh, there are yeah, complications. Yeah. Uh, Harry Potter yeah. and the Philosopher's Stone is published. And then the following year oh, is the yeah. Sorcerer's Stone. Um, Titanic happens, and uh, oh yeah, and I would go on to never see it and always wonder about breasts. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> when I was that age. That's what everyone talked about. There's breasts in it, and I was like, I've literally never seen those before. Uh, I got it. I got. I'm see pretty this sure movie. you did. Cameron, well, unless you had your eyes say. closed the entire time you were breastfeeding. <laughs> I, was a very ro- I was a very romantic breastfeeder. <laughs> Maybe you're like a kitten and your eyes didn't open. <laughs> it's rude to open your eyes when you're breastfeeding. <laughs> Seriously, though, it is weird when they start opening their eyes and like yeah. talking, taking breaks to talk. <laughs> That's when you know it's <laughs> done. Uh, yep. No shame to late stage... <laughs> breastfeeders out there uh men in black comes out which was my favorite movie at the time uh liar mm, liar uh and fifth element so good oh. stuff it was love all along yeah. all right well, well shall we start long neck then... long neck bottle Self long neck bottle let go my hand won't you bust down stop playing that song again there's a girl at home who loves me You know she won't understand Long neck bottle Let go my So, um, basically Uh, this song In this song, Garth is having a dissociative state <laughs> uh, he's in a dissociative state uh, where it's a fugue, yeah. Where <laughs> not not musically, but lyrically, yeah, <laughs> definitely not musically. It's just sort of a western swing, and there's not a lot of counterpoint. Um, yeah. But uh, I'll just read some of the lyrics. You'll get the basic idea. Long neck bottle, let go of my hand. What? Hey, jukebox, still start playing that song again? Because there's a girl at home who loves me. You know she won't understand. Long neck bottle, let go of my hand. Hey, barroom mirror on the wall, go stare at someone else. <laughs> Which is kind hilarious. Belligerent. Don't show the world the fool I am. Just keep it to yourself. And then uh, it kind of goes goes on. Uh, he um, is has this sort of this role reversal where all of the things that he's doing are actually doing it to him. Dance floor seems you're underneath my feet everywhere I turn. I ought to waltz. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. I ought to waltz yeah. right out of them swinging doors, but that's a step I just can't learn. It's pretty fun. Pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a really fun moment in this song where the uh, vocals doubles the guitar solo. Yeah. I was going to point that out. It's so fun. It's fun. Do 
do you think that that is overdubbed? Do you think that's a real guitar solo that is overdubbed? Or do you think that that is a composed solo that is done live at the same oh, time? Oh, shit. That, I have no idea. I think that it was a real guitar solo and that it was overdubbed. I'm not sure, but that's like where oh. I'm leaning. It's probably, yeah, I would doubt that it's composed. Yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. Uh, but fun arranging. Like, that's like, that's really cool that they yeah. was just like, hey, I'm just going to like sing this solo with you. And they totally pull it off. Uh, yeah, it sounds great. I think this, I don't know about this, but I think this might be the first example of steel string acoustic guitar soloing in a Garth Brooks song. Interesting. Is is that why I thought it sounded so much like a old school, like Western music, uh, Hawaiian, almost like a Hawaiian slack key guitar? Uh, maybe. Oh. I don't know what okay. that is. Ex- explain. Oh. <laughs> no, if you listen to like really, really old school country songs that have more of like a Hawaiian music influence. Hmm. In the uh, going to in get into guitar. that a little later. <laughs> Are we? Oh, oh, well, that's not very old school country. <laughs> More like Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> oh God, I was going to make that reference. God damn, too you. late. I'm not your friend anymore. Sorry, I, uh, I'm just trying to beat you to all the <laughs> all the stuff. <laughs> I'll shut. I'll shut up. You talk yeah. now. It's your show. Uh, uh, don't freeze uh, up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Give the people what they want. Give them those good, good uh, goose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Christians are bad, and I hate Jesus. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's that thick outside, really... thick outside the <laughs> the box set brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so there was a fun harmony intro uh, with two two boys singing along with each other, and I think. This is the one that a guy named Steve Warner Warner is like uh, singing along with Garth, um, and he co-wrote the song. Actually, that Steve guy. Are you talking about the next song? No, I'm talking about Long Neck Bottle. Okay, it opens with this like fun little harmony thing. Oh yeah, I totally forgot about that. Long, Long Neck Bottle. Let go my yeah. hand. Yeah, this, this, this is a fun song. I, I, I dig it. I'm into it. Yeah. This is probably one of the stronger ones on the on this record. Sure. I'm not crazy right. about the music. I was, a, I was a little bit bored by the music, except for I like the steel string solos pretty well. Mm. So There's some low singing, though. There was some low singing. I did enjoy yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And, think... and the solo was aw- the, like the vocal dub thing was yeah. cool. Yeah. The dubstep remix uh, of Long Nick Bottle. Okay. Next song. This is called How You Ever Gonna Know. How You Ever and... Gonna Know. <laughs> yep, that's how it goes. How you ever gonna know what it's like to live there? How you ever gonna know victory? How you ever gonna know what it's like when dreams become uh, this is basically a much, much better version of Standing Outside the Fire. It even features yeah. some similar lyrical content. And uh, basically the idea is that Garth employ- implores his listeners to take a chance to try, because otherwise, how would you ever know if you could have succeeded? Sure. Um, there's like a f- some fun tempo changes between the verse and the chorus. And then uh, I kind of like how the, the chorus is structured as a call and response. Yeah. I um, There's also sexual equality. 
He nice. has a verse nice. where he talks about, <laughs> yeah, Garth talks about how you ever going to know how it feels to hold her. And then later on, he says, how you ever going to know how it feels to hold him? Yep. So I, I, I dig that he's not just uh, making it only directed to the dudes, like another song that shows up later on. Yeah. Uh, this song has a bunch of really jarring and I think bad tempo changes. There's three main tempos in this song and uh going from the verse into the chorus is like fine but going out of the chorus back into the verse is like ooh that doesn't that doesn't feel good and then there's a bridge uh and it's a different tempo it's a third tempo and uh and it's really strange and i it really rubbed me the wrong way Put their own dreams on the shelf. If you want to get the truth to admit it, you got to find out for yourself. How you ever going to know what it's like to be there? How you ever... And it really raises the question, why? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> how are you ever going to know what it's like to be there? How are you ever going to know if you're the best? <laughs> <laughs> You should You're the best around. You, Nothing's you ever going to let you keep you down. Okay. I don't, have any better, I don't have any better jokes than that. Um, <laughs> how are you ever going to know what living means? How, how are you ever going to know if you never chase the dream? I'm pretty sure Garth has established in many of his songs that living doesn't mean anything. We're all just leading our tragic, <laughs> senseless existences. Yeah. It's very existential. Um, how are you going to ever know what it's like to dance? Let's see what that has to do with anything. Well, you just you just dance. It's not hard. Uh, you can dance like no one's watching. I mean, that you still know what it feels like. Um, this song opens with a verse that uh, it sounds kind of silly to me. Um, it's a, it opens with the lines, That old wind that's whipping out there, it's whistling your tune. That wind blew pyramids to Egypt and footprints to the moon. And, well, A, I couldn't hear anything about <laughs> blowing anything without <laughs> laughing like that. Doing a but it, it also makes me think of yeah, <laughs> one whole kegel. Uh, <laughs> it, it also made me think of uh, the movie A Mighty Wind, and uh, yeah. I could not think about that. <laughs> a Mighty Wind is blowing you and me. Cross the land and cross the sea. It's blowing peace and freedom. It's blowing equality. Yes, it's blowing peace and freedom. It's blowing you and me. Doesn't he have another song about that old wind? Yeah, but it's not blowing anybody. Yeah, okay. As far as I'm <laughs> That's aware. the part you liked. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to distract the from the fall- the fallacious nature of the song. <laughs> <laughs> there is a there's a fallacy, yeah. yeah. There's a phallus, I mean. Um yeah. It, it's it's not bad. It's kind of a just a, a non specific, you know, inspirational song. Uh tell me about she's gonna make it. It's clear that there's no doubt She's gonna make it And he never will He's at the foot of the mountain She's over that hill He's sinking at well, sea he followed her to work this morning. Not okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> He'd never seen that dress before. 
uh, I don't see what that has anything to do with you. Oh, and then right mm. after that quick musical note, it's uh, uh, a little Jocko followed by some pizza cats. <laughs> uh, she seemed to sail right through Now, the... that is a very comprehensible sentence. <laughs> it, 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 I almost understand it too well. Okay. I wish you could uh, obfuscate it a little bit for me. <laughs> Give me something to dig for, man. I'm just, I'm just going to blow through. Uh, <laughs> she seemed to sail right through those dark clouds forming that he knows he's headed for. After seven years of marriage, he wanted out. Now, after seven months of freedom, it's clear that there's no doubt. She's going to make it, and he never will. He's Cameron, at the foot of the mountain. Oh, seven years of marriage. Sevens. There's seven fifth, months of freedom. There's a 1997. <laughs> there's a sick... Garth's seventh album. <laughs> what does it all mean? <laughs> so this is... 777,777 copies. <laughs> I think this is the fifth and sixth seventh. Let's see how many... Oh, I... <laughs> let's see how many sevens is there Is there are. seven sevens? <laughs> Basically, yeah man leaves a woman and uh i guess did it because he was restless and uh for for some incomprehensible reason uh she's doing really well and he's totally not so it doesn't really it sort of tells and doesn't show um except for a little bit in that like very first verse but doesn't really say why she's going to make it just mostly talks about him you know, kind of leaving her for the wrong reasons and in the wrong way. It it does talk about why she's going to make it. She's dealing with the pain. Yeah. Um, it's it says it it says that about her, but not about him. And it seems like he's really stubborn. Right. The fool in him that walked out is the fool who just won't ask. Right. Um. So she's like confronting her pain and living through it and dealing with it, and he's not doing that. And he's stubborn. Right. And yeah, I I kind of dig this song. Okay. Um, yeah, I, it feels like like Garth is actually kind of, for one of his first times, kind of meaningfully engaging with a female story. And that's true. Well, well, it's it's from his perspective. He's he's looking on at her, the right. the man in the relationship that is. But it, I appreciate that Garth is giving us this uh, powerful female character who is succeeding and living and surviving and going on with her life right. and moving on, and. I dig that, yeah. I just think she does, he doesn't really talk about her at all. I think that's like the only line. There's two lines about her, and it's, uh, well, I guess, you, you know what, you're totally right, because it says, like, he she has, a, like, a new dress, and he seem, mm-hmm. sees her sail right through. Like, I guess he's saying that she, she looks happy, so. yeah. Yeah, they don't, yeah. I guess because it's from this person's perspective, he doesn't necessarily know why. Because mm-hmm. he's just like a stalker. <laughs> he followed her to work. Uh, this song has basically an unforgivable uh, arranging mistake in it. Ooh, I want to hear about this. Tell me uh, this more. This is the first time I think this has really happened. But this is like a basically a musical typo. Um, there's this oh. really, really pretty chord. Uh, he's at the foot of the mountain. Um, there's some really pretty chord progressions in this. Uh, I actually like the music of this a lot, but, um, at that chord, so it's a B flat major chord and mm-hmm. she sings a B natural over the top of it. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. and in, and not in a jazzy way, <laughs> 
It's mm. just a straight up, you know, B B flat major triad, just like a normal chord. It does not. There's no excuse for there. Basically, the song's in G, and she she goes up to harmonize with Garth. But instead mm-hmm. of singing a B flat because it's a different chord, she just sings like the normal scale note. So like she didn't get the memo. Somehow no one caught it. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, as I don't know. I think it's pretty bad and like kind of embarrassing that they... <laughs> Hmm. they've gone for so long without making any mistakes like this but it's like uh that's like does it happen does it happen in every single chorus yeah dude every single one oh man and the Um, the thing that's a shame is that if she sang a b flat there it would sound incredible mm -hmm. so ultimately it's the producer's fault whoever like okay this like yeah anyway yeah okay uh so Next song is I Don't Have to Wonder. And in less time than it takes a tear to fall, those bells rang loud as thunder as they opened up the doors. Now I don't have to wonder. And this is essentially a sequel to She's Gonna Make It. Yeah. Basically. Uh, which is kind of an interesting arranging choice to have on your album. Totally. Uh, so the the plot of this song is that a man drives up to a church, but he can't bring himself to go inside. And we find out why later. It's his ex, and she's getting remarried. Yeah. And so what he does is he drives down Blame to the river bridge. Blame it all on bridge. my roots. Yeah. <laughs> I showed up in oh, boots. <laughs> you're right. It's also a sequel to Friends in Low Places. Sliding doors. <laughs> it ends a lot in a lot worse place. Yeah. Uh, so he drives down to the river bridge and he throws her old ring in the water and then he throws himself in the water. Yeah. I didn't catch that until like I was looking back over the lyrics and I was like, what, what a shitty ending. That's exactly what I thought. It'd be um, so much better without that ending. <laughs> yeah, it really would. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it feels like a lazy way to end it. I mean, he's, he's ended songs in a similar place before, like the beaches of Cheyenne where the lady just kills herself. Um, but it it just feels like a cheap narrative trick and yeah. yes. I don't like it. It's yeah. lazy, especially because like the whole, the whole, uh, point of this in the chorus is he says, now I don't have to wonder anymore, meaning this door is closed to me, so it's not going to happen for me. So now I can move mm-hmm. on, which is kind of a beautiful idea. I think we've all had like, uh, experiences in our life where it's like oh i'm so glad this choice was taken from me or this possibility has been like taken out of my hands um Mm -hmm. and like because i wasn't really like mature enough or i wasn't strong enough to like deal with it um you know if it's something dramatic as this or just like you know class getting canceled (laughs) or whatever (laughs) but it's like it's it's i had many of those as a teacher Yeah, totally. Yeah, oh, me too. Um <laughs> right now in my life. Uh but uh yeah. Yeah, I think I totally agree. I think it's lazy and I think it would have been a much better song without it. This is the one with uh the white limo, Princess Die. This is the one we referred to earlier. Yeah. 
Um, and we got to move on to the next song, which is a James Buffett song yeah. called Two Pina Coladas. If you like two pina coladas. <laughs> <laughs> that too. And getting caught in two rains. <laughs> 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 if you're not into two yogas, if you have an entire brain, you, you, you get it? Because it's doubled? <laughs> I'm kind of proud of that. Oh my God. Oh, oh I'm dying. Oh. I killed him. My, oh shit. My body needed that. <laughs> I know what else your body needs. <laughs> Pina coladas, two of them. <laughs> One in each, One hand, each hand, please. Very, very good. Okay, tell us about the song. It's your turn, right? <laughs> no, it's your turn to synopsize. Fuck, I don't want to talk about this song. <laughs> it's right. not hard. Uh, Just give us like a one-sentence uh, synopsis. Uh, here it is. LOL, this is dumb. <laughs> That's a note that I wrote. <laughs> I wrote that. That's... that's <laughs> It's a little more editorializing than actually synopsizing yeah, okay. Cameron. Uh, <laughs> basically, okay, let me actually set the scene. Uh, I was feeling the blues. I was watching the news when this fella came on the TV. Just randomly, there's a fella all of a sudden. Yep. He said, I'm telling you that science has proven that heartaches are healed by the sea. That got me going without even knowing. I packed right up and drove down. Now I'm on a roll, and I swear to my soul, tonight I'm going to paint this town. So bring me two pina coladas, one for each hand. Let's sail with Captain Morgan and never leave the land. Uh, dry land. Sorry. And never leave dry land. There it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's basically just drinking to forget about a breakup. Yeah. Uh, his woman left him. She said goodbye to her good time and man. <laughs> Well, Cameron, what does that mean in this context? Good timing. Uh, he's he was really good at dates. <laughs> it's like, wow, this is a really <laughs> fun really, and creative date. <laughs> he really showed her a good time. Yeah. Like I learned something <laughs> about myself. <laughs> is it, it, it is it a uh, um, infidelity? It sounds almost like two-timing, but it's not two-timing. It's good-timing. You're definitely not overthinking it. And it's, defin God damn it. <laughs> it's definitely... God damn it. I literally on looked it up on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> um, it just means he's very oh, punctual. <laughs> <laughs> he has a very That's accurate That's the one watch. thing he had going for him. <laughs> <laughs> I have such a nice watch. Yeah. Why did she leave me? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it, it's not an az lyrics but there is a there is a line where he says say hello to her good time and man yeah i think that's when he's addressing his pals because there's also a gang vocal in this yeah it's kind of it's kind of fun <laughs> he, he, he even foe leads it oh yeah uh, they yeah. sing a line they sing a line and he like he says like he, he says the next line uh just like yells it out like um 
one for each hand. And then they're like, one for each hand. And he's like, let's uh, sail with Captain Morgan. And then they sing that yeah, one. And it, it's pretty silly. Sail with Captain Morgan. They all sound very, very coherent and like they all have the words yeah. memorized. <laughs> yes, they do. They do not sound very drunk. Yeah. It would have been super fun if it, if it sounded bad, I think. I think that would have made the song a lot better. If they like actually got a bunch of people drunk. Definitely. But as it is, they're blind, stinking like, sober. They just taught a like, yeah. random bar full of people how to sing the song. <laughs> that would be so great oh and there's a crazy laugh in this i really don't like garth brooks's um yeah his, like, i don't know if that's his real laugh or if it's just his character laugh but it really creeps me out and it's starting to get to me yeah really i thought it was kind of silly and endearing but <laughs> no, i'm whatever. done with it and it it shows up a, at least it. one more time in this album i think yeah it does yeah i hopefully does i wrote it, it down Okay. But yeah, that's this song. Island okay. Boy Garth. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's pretty cliched like if you were to if if Weird Al were to write a James Buffett pastiche, <laughs> th- this is the exact song he would write. Yeah. But it would be a lot better and probably a lot funnier. Yes. Yeah. And we would have better laughs in it. Now I've got a okay. smile that goes so, on for miles with no inclination <laughs> to roam. No one cares. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, speaking of no one cares, next song is called <laughs> Cowboy Cadillac. Going to her best side show and she's my cowboy Cadillac. She's the perfect picture of a perfect mixture between a woman and a fine machine. She's a hard working lover, a real tough mother. She's a cover of a magazine. And I'm all oh, this song. What a strange. You love this song? What a strange, dumb song. <laughs> Yeah, I th- I thought it was super super gross, Cameron. Uh, well, for one thing, before I actually figured out what was going on in this damn song, I kept second and third guessing myself what it's actually about. First, I thought he's talking about a woman, right. and then I thought no, he's talking about a literal Cadillac. Yeah, and I was like, no, that's it's a horse. But I think in in the in the final final analysis, it's actually about a pickup truck. That he just refers oh, to as his cowboy cat. I never actually picked up on that. Yeah, it's uh, it's really hard to uh, discern that. Yeah, it's like whatever uh, the reverse but, of objectification is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's still somehow personification. Just, yeah, exactly, and it still somehow feels like objectification. <laughs> well, that's it's interesting you point that yeah. out because the really gross thing about that is I think this is the chorus. In fact. It takes the whole referring to a vehicle as a she thing to a super disgusting level. He has the lines, she's the perfect picture of the perfect mixture between a woman and a fine machine. Oh, yeah. And he just loves to fuck that truck. Yeehaw. <laughs> right in the tailpipe. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he have a line about a tailpipe or, or something? Or right on the stick shift. <laughs> no shame, Garth. <laughs> Standing your truth. Are, are those both lines here? Or are you just yeah. making that up? Yeah, he he won another uh, Glad, Glad Media Award. <laughs> I can't even finish that joke. bisexual That's, song about how he likes really, to fuck his truck. 
You don't have to be bisexual to like butt stuff. <laughs> she likes it all behind her. Yeah. That's a line from this song. All right. Sorry. That was very tasteless. Almost as tasteless yeah. as this song. <laughs> but not even close. Also, can I say yeah. I'm basically bored with this fiddler at this point? I've heard all of this fiddler's really? licks. You and it's the same one? It's, it's got to be, right? It's just, it's just all it the same, is. like, Yeah. There's no, he doesn't play any melodies or she doesn't play any melodies anymore. So, mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. yeah, she uh, loves to haul I them cattle, really all like... my ropes and saddle. Mm. <laughs> God damn it. I hope that, what the fuck, first, what the fuck does that mean? And I hope that means they're in a trailer and not literally in the pickup bed. Cause that doesn't sound very humane to just ram a bunch of cattle <laughs> right in there. Um, she's every quarter. She's every cowboy's buddy, even when she gets muddy. <laughs> what? <laughs> God, he eats muddy buddies inside the cab of the pickup truck. <laughs> um, the 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 best thing I think I can say about this song is that at least it's short. Yeah, like many of the songs on this album. Um, the next one. She's my honking, honking, tonking. One of everything I'm wanting. Uh, Cowboy Cadillac. Uh, don't. I don't want to talk about this song anymore. <laughs> one more time. <laughs> one more time. <laughs> Fit for a king. Okay, tell me about Fit for a King, Cameron. Uh, speaking of shitting on Christians. Someday in heaven. When the angels all sing, well, these rags that I'm wearing will be fit for a king. Yeah, this is this is a really interesting song. Uh, I kept waiting to be offended, and then mm-hmm. I wasn't, and I was mostly just like really interested. Um, like I kept mm-hmm. waiting for some sort of moralizing moment and he doesn't really do it. Um, there's mm-hmm. definitely irony in it, but I don't know well, first, how many uh, layers. Synopsize. No, let me just obliquely <laughs> <laughs> tell us what this song is. I, I don't know. The fiction of this podcast is that I haven't listened to the songs that you're <laughs> synopsizing. All right. Let me explain this song to you. Um, all right. Fit for a King, it's uh, a homeless man uh, who's uh, an alcoholic, and he's on the corner, and he's preaching uh, the good news, um, and uh, that's basically the whole the whole thing. Someday in heaven, when the angels all sing, well, these rags that I'm wearing will be fit for a king, and which is an interesting line, and I don't know if it's supposed to be interesting, but it's like... Are you saying that your rags will actually be like royal robes or are you saying that like the standards of of clothing will be different <laughs> or the way people perceive mm. clothes or status will be different in heaven? I don't know. Everyone's going to be nakies. Yeah. I mean, that's my idea of heaven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or literally the king of heaven, whoever that is. <laughs> So there's God, and then there's Jesus, and then there's the King of Heaven. <laughs> there's another character who just is the monarch of, of Heaven, and uh, he's just going to take your clothes, <laughs> and they're going to get refitted for him. <laughs> mm. 
so yeah, he points to his Bible. He holds in his hand, says, I'm proof that the good Lord can save any man. That's obviously ironic because this dude is like in a really rough shape. Um, Wait, son, is that ironic? What I think that sounds so. pretty sincere to me. I mean, the picture that's being painted of this man is that uh, he's not. Oh, he doesn't like, sound very saved. Actually is what saved. you're saying? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I get what you're saying. Yeah. He's fighting a fever in spite of the chill. He pulls up his collar and he speaks of God's will. Uh, yeah. It it kind of just like it it describes this man in in a way that's like I don't know. It's 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 not glorifying at all, but mm. I feel like it's weirdly respectful. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. I mean, I question how effective his preaching is because he's hurling fire and brimstone at the cars passing by. Sure. And he's he's also like got his uh, his gin blossoms on his cheeks. Uh, he right. hasn't bathed in weeks. So I question if he's actually bringing lambs to the fold, quote unquote. Oh, no, I don't think that the song is implying that at all. What? It's literally in the uh, there's literally lines about. Uh, he looks like a scarecrow, a sight to behold, as he works for the shepherd, bringing lambs to the fold. I think that's ironic. You think so? I don't think that the I don't think the songwriter means mm. it. Whoever it is, I don't know. I I, I think it's it like pretty that's to like me. the pretense of why he's there. Hmm. Okay. The picture that's painted here is so bleak and so I think critical of this man, like in an honest way. Hmm. Like, but it's like. Yeah, this is like a a dude that's like really, really, uh, he's in real trouble and he's like, you know, clinging to his faith. And then like you have like, he's, he knows that like someday he'll be able to escape this sort of like torturous life that he's in. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you as an, as the person perceiving this person are like, yeah, you won't have, it won't be long. Yeah. And then you'll be able to escape, you know, like, I don't know. I, I really think it's supposed to be ironic, but not satirical. Hmm. I, I don't, I think this is like a Stephen King character. I, I think I disagree. I, I don't think I see any irony here. It seems very sincere to me. Um, you, Further to, to read irony into it, you would have to read irony into the way that he uses some of the self-conscious religious language, like. His faith, his body is weakened, but his faith is still strong for he's filled with conviction for the mission he's on. Um, the whole idea of like the mission, uh, lambs to the fold. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's all just referring to like the pretense that this person is under. Hmm. There's, there's nothing positive like in this song. Like, like there's no, like there's no stories. Like if this was like a different Garth Brooks song, there would be stories about like him actually like uh, meeting and affecting people and like changing mm-hmm. people. I think it's just like, I think this is like a trope that like, you know, yeah, these people aren't actually like doing anything, huh? you know, like, or not a trope, but it's like a, an old sort of cliched character. It's like, yeah, fire and brimstone, like person on the side of the street. Like, no, obviously it's bullshit and hmm. it's sad. Hmm. Okay. Um, we, That's, we I'm on, really, but... Yeah, I'm really interested that that's like what you took away from this. I yeah. feel like your faith in Garth is 
my faith in Garth was like increased after hearing this song because I was like, "What a nuanced song!" And you're like, "No, this is like literal." <laughs> and now I'm que- I, now I'm questioning myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you're making me question it too. Uh, All right. This does remind me of. I want to tell you a tiny little story. Uh, back in high school, I went to. <laughs> You're going to love this. I went to Cowboy Church out in Junction uh, City, Oregon. <laughs> cowboy Church. What? Yep. <laughs> there. I mean, I don't know if they have them up in Hillsboro where you have fancy city boys from like you. No. Uh, but there are a lot of actual cowboys and, and ranchers in Oregon and lumberjacks. Right. Um, so there's lots of cowboy boots, cowboy hats, and actual right. cowboys at this yeah. Cowboy Church. Um and there I witnessed a husband and wife duo who sang a song with the chorus, There But For The Grace Of God, Go I. And the really weird and interesting thing about that is I believed them when they said that. Like, the whole song was basically um, a kind of affecting uh, portrait of humility. Like, mm. I... it. <sighs> It seems almost unfathomable to me that somebody could write a song and like get away with that line, but mm, it really felt like they pulled it <laughs> off. Um, and so this song yeah. kind of reminded me of that, where uh, it, I kind of, I kind of like believe where Garth is coming from. Um, huh. I, yeah, in sort of a sincere way. Um, if he, if he is sincere, unless he's ironic, like you said, but I haven't seen a whole lot of irony in other Garth songs, unless it's it's true unless it's played for humor. I haven't seen a lot of like uh serious irony. Right. Yeah. I think it's irony with empathy. Like I don't think it's like look at this jackass. I think it's like <laughs> Yeah. You know, when you're when you're when your life is like this, this is like a natural place to go. Yeah. Um okay. All right, we got to move on to the next song and this one is called Do What You Got to Do. You're gonna lose people that'll tell you anything you're gonna listen to. Do what you gotta do. This reminds me, I just gotta say, this reminds me of, uh, there's this episode of South Park where, um, Cartman and Butters, like, have to be buddies on this field trip, and they have to, like, and Butters takes that to, like, be, like, okay, let's hold hands the whole time, uh, and I can't let you go, and Cartman literally just drags him outside of, like, where they're supposed to be in the field trip to go to this, like, Dave and Buster's or some shit, and, uh, Buster's is, uh, or Butters is like, I don't know, Cartman, and he's like, Butters, if you don't if you don't stop every once in a while like or if you don't take a moment to stop and smell the roses and do whatever you want all the time life's gonna pass you by (laughs) that's that's pretty much what what this song is about yeah yeah this is a really non-specific pump up inspirational song yeah uh the basically the entire song is nothing more than the sentiment just gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Social um, justice work? Yeah. Gerrymandering? Yeah. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Genocide? Why not? <laughs> yep. Oh, but, but the only caveat is that it only applies to boys. No girls allowed. That's true. Um, because there are several instances of Garth directly Do what he gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He directly addresses, quote unquote, boy. Like in the line where he says, walk on boy all the way through. 
Yeah. Um, there's some kind of fun music going on here. Uh, there are Newgrass Revival. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a uh, drums combined with a mando chop, um, and then the mando gets some cool little licks here and there. Yeah. And there's a banjer played Bela by Flex Bela back. Fleck again. Bela Flex yeah. back. Yeah. So I dig that. Yeah. Edgar Meyer makes it back onto this record too. He does. I have a lot to say about yeah. that song. Okay. Good. <laughs> Yeah, who I I'm gonna name I'm gonna drop the names. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me some names, Sorry. Cameron. Okay. Lay it on me. No, I, that's all I got. Uh, Sam Bush is playing the mandolin. I wonder if he's also from Newgrass Revival. He's the ori- he's considered an originator of the Newgrass style. Oh, Interesting. La, la. Yeah, he was in Newgrass Revival. Okay, yeah. Hey, I have a little note about this song. Uh-huh. Maybe you found it. Um, this song was released, sorry, the the song was issued over two years after the album's released by Capitol Records. Ooh, this was due was... to a parcel of tepid reviews and soft sales for Garth Brooks' side project, Chris Gaines. Yeah, I was going to bring that up in the Chris Gaines episode. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, way to spoil my fun and All right. spoiler alert. Uh, so I guess whatever. this is technically Doesn't a bonus matter. track. No, this is from the album. They just didn't actually, release it as a single until oh, after see. his Chris Gaines album bombed. Yeah. Um this yeah. this song, it's really strange because this is some of the most country slash bluegrass, newgrass instrumentation with some of the most butt rock songwriting and it's vocal very delivery. Come on and jump. <laughs> yeah. It's super weird. It's a very strange combo. That's basically like that era of bluegrass or sorry new grass is all like that it is well yeah it's like we want to do rock and roll music with you know bluegrass instrumentation that's weird yeah still popular there's like that viral video of thunderstruck on facebook or whatever huh someone playing playing a five-string banjo with a pick like a doofus (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wait, not finger picks like a just a plectrum? No, a flat pick. It's just a guitarist. Oh, playing. god damn it! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he's not playing plectrum style either, which would have been another thing if it was four string. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, yeah. man. I'm really mansplaining today, and the, I'm sorry. Okay, well, I don't have anything else to say about the song. Do you? Not as good as calling Baton Rouge. Not even close. Uh, so synopsize. You move me for me. You give me courage I didn't know I had. You move me. Now I'm Um, you move me. Give me just it's a second. A, it's a, a commercial for X Lax <laughs> in song form. Uh. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's it's some more James Taylor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so basically, um, uh, Garth Brooks is like uh, depressed and sort of um, in. How do you say it? Ennui. 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 No, sorry. Another word is how it's pronounced. Enya's uh, ennui. And then he sails away. <laughs> um, but, 
yeah i think it's like a post breakup or something or just being afraid of life or something but then like this this uh second person this you um but you move me, me you give me courage i <laughs> it's nathan you wrote it about me uh you give me courage i didn't know i had you move me on uh you move me on I can't go with you and stay where I am. So you move me on. Is that the lyric or is that a, is that a typo on AZ lyrics? I forget. Good question. Yeah. I don't remember. Uh, hmm. uh, so this sounds like a Christian pop song. Like it doesn't sound like it's like a romantic song. I don't think it sounds like it's it. Yeah. It sounds like a Christian pop song. <laughs> Do you mean in terms of like instrumentation and production or lyrically? Yeah. Yes. But also lyrically. Hmm. Oh, do you, oh you think the... it might be directed to God? I don't think it is, but it sounds a lot like it. It might be. Huh. I mean, it's... I don't think there's any romance in here. Well, at the near the end, he's burning with love and with hope and desire. I mean, that's Christian pop song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, desire? Also, Maybe. here's a stray, weird observation association... Uh, so it starts. Here's some more music theory for all my music theory nerds out there. Man, explain me, man. Okay. <laughs> uh, it starts off with a, a major one to a minor three chord, and it sounds exactly like the Edward Scissorhands progression. <laughs> it just sounds like <laughs> Christmas. It sounds like creepy Christmas. I wonder, Cameron, because this song was co-written by a man named Pierce Pettis, uh, which is a, a ludicrous name. <laughs> Sorry, Pierce. I, I'm going to get my I know Pettis you're listening Pierce. out there. Uh, I used to listen to him. I, I had a couple of really? his albums back in the day. Yeah, he's he's a he's a Christian folk singer um, oh. who was like kind of pals with Mark Hurd and like that whole crowd. Uh, I don't he know uses, that. Okay, well, uh, he—I think he—he he tends to use a lot of minor chords in his songwriting, um, if not necessarily a minor key. Um, and Cameron, I like this song. I think it's Ooh. really sweet. I, I think it's—it's it's like really sweet and kind of affecting. Um, I think it might actually be about depression. Um, I think it they definitely don't come is. Out, come out and say that word, yeah. I mean, especially like the opening lines are, this is how it seems to me. Life is only therapy, real expensive and no guarantee. And then he's lying on the couch, frozen solid with fear. Uh, And then this person, I assume it's a she, I mean, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's like a relationship, like a romance. That's progressive of you to think uh, that God is a she. (sighs) Oh, jeez, God damn you. I'm so mad. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> um yeah I, I think it's it's kind of a a sweet take on how someone can just you know be really helpful and help someone out when they're suffering from depression and not necessarily that they're like gonna fix everything but that right. they can just give them a little nudge to get them moving again huh. um I dare you to move um <laughs> <laughs> Uh man, we're just like getting all of the just getting all the baggage right on the table this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking switch foot. Um 
Yeah, I I really like the bridge in this song. Actually, I think uh, usually Garf's lyrics are weakest in the bridges, but I think these might be some of the best lyrics of the song. Burn them all. Yeah, he's he has the the line where or the the verse. Fuck the stanza, the bridge where he says, "You go whistling in the dark, making light of it, making light of it," and I follow. That's with clever. My heart. Laughing all the way. Yeah. Making light of it as in the colloquialism, but also lighting up the dark. That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. You're right. And bringing I, some humor and levity. I, I, you're, you're right. Everything yeah. you're saying is right. It didn't affect me when I listened to it. I was distracted by stupid things, and you're totally right. Yeah. You know what I was distracted by? What? I think I finally uh, sort of nailed down what I think uh, Garth's affected vocals the thing mm. that like most turns me off and turns off a lot of other people, I think. Um, and this is not something that I've heard a lot of other country singers do. I think he's got some weird nasalisms going on and he, hmm. it literally almost sounds like he's adding extraneous N's and M's into words where they have no business being. Hmm. Uh, so he has the line, you get me dancing and you make me sing. And it comes out as you get me dancing and you make me sing. You get me dancing and you make me sing. You Interesting. I think that's, I think that's like a sort of like a, a, a singing crutch. Um, mm-hmm that got turned into a pop singing affectation. Um, but I think when people do that, it's because they're wanting to find the note first and then mm-hmm. sing it. Um, you, when you're in like choir or if you're, if you ever direct a choir, you have to fix this all the time because people like kind of search around for the note and they don't just like come out on the, like right on the, the syllable. They like mm-hmm. kind of search around for it for like a nanosecond, but it makes a huge difference. But obviously mm-hmm. Garth doesn't need to do that because he's a very, very good singer. Yeah. Uh so yeah. I think it's like a I think it's an affectation. It's a stylistic thing, but I also yeah. kind of don't like it. Yeah, it's the the more I like now that I've figured out what exactly is going on, I hear it and I'm just like, ugh, ugh stop it, Garth. Yeah. Um and he is a really good singer. I don't know why he's doing that. <clears throat> Anyway, we've definitely run long on this song. I I All think right. it. I like it. I think it's sweet. It cool. Good. It's it sounds even better in contrast to the next song, which is called "In Another's Eyes." Walking away from you, I'd never cheat, and I would never lie. In another's eyes, yeah. In another's eyes. And this is his big duet with Trisha Yearwood. Yeah. Uh, Wikipedia says In Another's Eyes was Brooks's and Yearwood's first major collaboration. And at the time, the two were close friends, but were married to other spouses. And that's yeah. pretty much exactly what this song Ooh. is about. <laughs> it's about two people who look good, quote, in another's eyes, i.e. their spouses, yeah. uh, but they can only think about each other. Uh, there are the lines because every time I look I'm seeing you in another's eyes uh, and I'm, I'm not really sure how to feel about that this is one of the songs that I'm not really sure how to feel about that yeah um, and it's such a letdown after you move me which is such a sweet song hmm yeah there's another praying to God but it's like oh I pray I pray to God that I don't get caught <laughs> <laughs> 
basically. <laughs> God's like, hey, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, Garth, I got you again. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Keep this bimbo said, from falling he's... in love with you. Make this other woman <laughs> fall in love with you. Keep, mm-hmm. let, let you fool around on your, on your, on your wife. <laughs> I mean, he says, I'd never cheat. I'd never lie in another's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least he's like, that's what she thinks. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm actually a real dirtbag. <laughs> I'm a real stinker. Yeah. Yeah. It's a blessing and a curse that love is blind. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm mad because, uh, God help me. Last week I said I found a useful comment in songmeanings.com and now I'm agreeing with some of the comments that I'm seeing there because Smelly Kelly J writes about this song. The rumors about Garth and Trisha were swirling before they released this song. In fact, it uh-huh. seemed kind of brazen of them to do so considering. Right. Kind of reminds me of Amy Grant and Vince Gill when they did quote House of Love. Similar story there. And I'm huh. not familiar with that story, but me neither. Uh, when when Smelly Kelly J puts it that way, like it's, <laughs> it does seem kind of brazen. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't yeah, like it is... musically either. No, <laughs> but it was like... like a big hit. The song was. Yeah, people. I think I think it was like a pretty big. I think they won some sort of award for it, best mm, duet or something, best collabo. Yeah the cmts or i don't know something i don't Best care veiled reference to infidelity yeah um yeah. <laughs> I, I do like in the songwriting that there are a number of different takes on the phrase in another's eyes they use it in some very different ways which is kind of fun uh in the one way like talking about how their spouses see them in another's eyes and then looking at each other in another's eyes um so that that's that's kind of fun like structurally lyrically yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I'd say it's more more or less clever, but also a little unnerving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, usually Garth doesn't have anything to do with his the people, the character that he inhabits. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I hope except for <laughs> except for the song, except where his for his dad, dad killed his mom with a truck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that one's canon. Uh, oh, absolutely. We've yeah. made it canon. <laughs> We've willed it into reality. <clears throat> Lights you? go out and I can't be saved. Tides in a chart to swim against. Chris Martin's back, what? motherfuckers, when there's no one around. <laughs> For, you mean this song? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It starts with... All, it's been like five years, and now he knows all the broken chord arpeggios. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> it makes me cry or laugh right out loud. It's a song that I sing when there's no one around. This is the man. This is a song that nobody knows. I couldn't begin to describe how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> very 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 meta right out the gate but it makes mm-hmm. me cry or laugh right out loud it's a song that i sing when there's no one around and that's that, the name of the song when there's no one around when there's no one around um yeah so 
it's I guess it's it's kind of talking about um you know you have your persona in front of everyone but then you have this sort of collection of people inside you that you've been or that you're uh, afraid of and like people that, that you like eaten. people that you don't like <laughs> that you've eaten <laughs> <laughs> whose youth you've stolen well yeah 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 <laughs> to turn your hands of leather to velvet in oh, a touch no. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this song was written by Tim O'Brien, who uh, is kind of like big in the old time world. Is he? And I, I was thinking of yeah. the, the novelist Tim O'Brien. Nope. <laughs> Try again. So this song really makes us wonder, do we know the real Garf? And now I don't know. It's four in the morning. <laughs> I'm lying in bed. A tape of my failures playing inside my head. It's heartaches and hard knocks. And things I don't know. I listen, I wonder, and I wonder where will it go. Uh, there's, yeah, he talks about the dance that he does when no one's around and the kid inside dance him. Dance like no one's watching. Yeah. Dance like no one's watching. Um, um, it's, it's, it's Cameron, it's funny that you, you bring up uh, how few songs feel like they have a, a Garth flavor in that they feel personal, but this song almost seems personal to me. What do you think about that? Uh, like the, the pressures might, of fame, you know. I think you might be right. I okay. yeah, it seems it seems apropos for like a megastar mm-hmm. to to sing the sort of hint like that that you know that he's still kind of misunderstood, which I would imagine only adds to his mystique. So mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then oh yeah, and the weird laughs in the song again. Oh, where are the weird laughs? It's at the very, very end. <laughs> Dude, the ending is so fucking weird. There's like this super dumb, like, whistling thing. Like, what the hell is going on there? Yeah. <laughs> There's no one around. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Um it's not bad lyrically. It's got like these sure. uh, good specific thematic structures to the verses. Like I, I, I like that kind of like tidy package that each verse yeah, has. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it is a tidy, a real tidy package. package. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it's also uh, it's kind of catchy. The melody, um, it's a little earwormy. Yeah. It's got this sort of like loping quality to it that I kind of dig. That that um, is the worst metaphor ever. <laughs> loping. <laughs> No, earworm. Oh. <laughs> I totally God. agree. It's an earworm. <laughs> I was thinking was about it? Yerks from Animorphs. <laughs> I do not know that reference. But I remember you the, know the earworm in The Wrath of Khan. Nathan. Nathan. I never read The Animorphs. You were fucking homeschooled. Oh. You, like, out of anybody, you should be, like, the Animorphs kid. That's who I always imagined <laughs> you to be. How did you I don't know read me. Animorphs and you didn't read Animorphs? Not a single one. <laughs> they were too pop culture-y. Don't get stuck in the hawk to bias. <laughs> I was sure... <sighs> I did not think that would be a, a deep pull for you. <laughs> so, I mean, sorry to shatter your your, your really learning a lot about so you. conclusively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh God. Well, okay. Well, now that we've we're not friends anymore, let's talk about the song "A Friend to Me." <laughs> but 
But you've always been a friend to me You can be so stubborn there's time uh, and this is Randy Newman from Toy Story. You got yeah. a friend to me. Uh no, not really. Uh but okay. it's it it's two years after that song, so maybe they're uh gaining some uh, yeah. inspiration. Um this is <laughs> this is kind of a sweet song about Garth's buddy and how important their friendship is. Uh it's it's actually sort of romantic in a way, um, in its approach to friendship, which I kind of a appreciate on a certain level yeah um musically it's kind of bland but Mm. lyrically i like it his friend supports him but still calls him out on his bullshit yeah i think it's kind of a a a good take on what friendship means yeah just like our you know you know when you know when there's times (laughs) that i'd rather kill you than listen to your honesty okay (laughs) just like our friendship (laughs) the exception of those lines (laughs) Okay, that's, that's another one of the places where I'm like, I'm not sure how to feel about that. Be be honest. Was there any point in the song where you thought, is this going to end up being him looking in the mirror again? <laughs> I thought it was going to be a twist, and it was just going to be about himself. No, I didn't. Uh, hmm. I really thought it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that would be a pretty solipsistic and narcissistic <laughs> song to write, Cameron. Sometimes I'd rather kill you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, not he's, that part. He's just in another dissociative state. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's another fugue song. Uh, um, I'm the man in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, the music's Twist. not great. There's uh, no. strings that sound like synths. Uh, there's like this this hilarious drum breakdown, um, where the drums come in for the first time. Uh, it's it's very like I don't remember Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a weird line at the end of this. Uh, You've always been time and again the one to take my hand and show me it's okay to be just the way I am with no apology. Really? Earlier you said earlier you said this person was a motherfucker. <laughs> like. <laughs> So there's times I think you just like to fight. Yeah. You can, you can be, be so, so stubborn. stubborn. Yeah. I yeah. hope <laughs> I hope and pray I live to see a day when you say I might be right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you affirm me even once. Even once. Fuck, I did not realize how hilarious that is. <laughs> Whatever. I I'm this is the this was the point in the album where I was like, god, is it over yet? There's so many songs. <sighs> Tell me about Take the Keys to My Heart, Cameron. It's a remix to Ignition. <laughs> Straight out of the kitchen. <laughs> yes. Honey, you got the that heats my motor. Take the keys to my heart and drive it home. Fill her up. I've been out on this highway of heartache, hoping that somewhere down the line I could find someday... Mm, who could is that uh sorry i didn't check any of the words in this this i don't think that's uh, right could find someone who could rev me like you do so grab onto my wheel and i'll be fine uh take the keys to my heart and drive me crazy this is the chorus Uh, i've been running on empty way too long honey you got the touch that heats my motor up 
take uh-huh. the keys to my heart and drive it home. Cameron, fill her up. Cameron, In I'm, this, I've noticed a certain <laughs> pattern with you where I ask you to synapsize a song and you just read me the lyrics. <laughs> I think okay so first part of it is just laziness I'm trying to like spark my memory about what these songs are yeah. but also it's really really fu- like these lyrics are really funny to just read without a melody <laughs> like, especially just, this like, song this song couplets. is hilarious yeah it's another uh, song about fucking cars yeah in both meanings of that phrase the strange the strange part is is that he um he personifies his heart, which he compares to a car and then refers to it as a her. (laughs) (laughs) He does? Where? Well, he says, honey, you got the touch that heats my motor up. Take the keys to my heart and drive it home. Fill her up. (laughs) Oh, that. Oh, I thought he was referring to his partner's. God. No, 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 get your mind out of the gutter, Cam. I would never say that. Uh, <laughs> uh, this song has a lot of, well, silly, funny lines, but also hilarious opportunities for jokes. Like uh, I wrote in my notes, at least they're using a condom in reference to the lines Baby makes my motor yearn. I love to feel that rubber burn. <laughs> See, uh, there's a line earlier that says, all that work under the hood sure has oh. got it running good. I think Garth yes, is yes, coming out yes. as someone who's, <laughs> I love who's that never line. been so circumcised. <laughs> <laughs> or, well, or, maybe, or maybe he's talking about a clitoral hood. Who's to say? Oh, that's a good... Well, what's the context yeah. of that? <laughs> Sure has got. Uh, uh, oh, that's in reference to his heart. I think his heart's running good. Well, yeah. So unless it's from a woman's perspective, under the hood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's fun. There's some fun organ licks, uh, so to speak. Um, I like that it's short. It reminds me of uh, there's this great moment in the Muppet Christmas Carol where uh, do you know do you know the Muppets Statler and Waldorf? So yes. Tyler and Waldorf are, are uh, heckling something. They're like, it was dumb. It was obvious. It was pointless. It was short. I loved it. Oh. <laughs> uh, That's how I feel about many of the songs in this album. Yeah. yeah. Here's a good rhyme. Honey, we don't need no map because we are where... Sorry. Because where we are is where it's at. <laughs> I, I kind of dig that line. It's a, it's a little clever. It's kind of cute. Okay, man, we're really just like missing each other on this album, which is yeah. very interesting. It's nice to have a have a little a little bit of friction between us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, you, you don't like I mean. this song? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love to feel that rubber burn. You, you, so you don't like this? Uh, not me, not particularly. I didn't like huh. it nearly as much as I liked. Uh, she's a real uh, born to a mother trucker or whatever, like the one from the, oh. the last album. I like that one more. I liked that song a lot less than this one. Man, okay, yeah, maybe okay. we're just in very uh, different moods when we listened. Well, here's the big finale, and this might be uh, the one that we disagree about the most because huh. I don't think I can be fair to this song. Interesting. Um, because I hate, hate, hate it for very unfair reasons. Okay. Or possibly unfair reasons. Okay. Oh, the snowflakes fell in silence 
over Bellwood that night For a Christmas truce had been declared by both sides of the fight as so you remember John McCutcheon, the folk singer who yeah, owns folkmusic.com. Folk <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mentioned that he wrote a much better trucker song than Garth. Yeah. Um, I think that was second or third of Garth's albums. Well, he wrote a much, much, much better World War One Christmas truce song. Uh, and it's called Christmas in the Trenches. Hmm. And I grew up listening to it. And so I feel I've, <laughs> I have this like irrational defensiveness about Garf horning in on right. Kutch's territory. It was Christmas in the trenches where the frost so bitter hung The frozen fields of France were still no Christmas song was sung Our family's back in England um, why, why is it better? So, well, let me tell you. Well, okay. for, first I'll synopsize it. So yeah. this is this is a song about uh, a ceasefire, a truce that took place on Christmas 1914 in the World War One trenches. And this actually happened in a number of different places um, in the trenches. Uh, it's it maybe most famous in the last decade or so because there was a film made about it called Joyeux Noël. Um, yeah, I never saw that. Yeah, me either. I heard it was good. Uh, it, it It's a really great story. Um, from 1914 and apparently military commanders took measures to make sure something like this would not happen again after 1914 Um, so I think this song is kind of bland musically but just is not very well written especially when compared to John McCutcheon's song Uh, the the (laughs) opening lyrics are kind of clumsy it just baldly states what happened says, oh, the snowflakes fell in silence over Bellow Wood that night, for a Christmas truce had been declared by both sides of the fight. And had it? Kutch, <laughs> eh, Kutch does it so much better. He sets the scene, he introduces the characters, and then he gradually builds up to a more or less accidental truce, which is probably much more like what happened in real life. Right, right. I, I, I really doubt... In real life, both sides just up and declared a Christmas, Christmas truce. truce. <laughs> yeah, they just yell out. I gotta get my <laughs> nog on. <laughs> you guys want a nog? <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's there's other like weak lyrics like the devil's clock struck midnight. That is so dumb. I hate that. <laughs> um, but uh, just there, there's there's some. Sorry. The Get Devil's Coldplay song. Get Sorry. out of here, Chris Martin. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, I also have this sneaking suspicion that whoever uh, wrote this song, Garth wrote, uh, is credited partially, but the main songwriter is Joe Henry. I have this sneaking suspicion that they kind of might have been inspired a little bit by John McCutcheon's song because there are some mm. overlap in specifics. Which allows me to compare and tell you why John McCutcheon's lyrics are so much better. Okay. Um, so they talk about the song Silent Night being sung. And Garth's lyrics say, As we lay there in our trenches, the silence broken too by a German soldier singing a song that we all knew. Though I did not know the language, the song was Silent Night. Okay, whatever. Uh, and John yeah. McCutcheon, uh, he doesn't... S- start it off with the song silent night they're singing a different one but then his uh his verse goes as soon as they were finished and a reverent pause was spent god rest ye merry gentlemen struck up some lads from kent 
The next they sang was Stina Nacht, Tis Silent Night, says I, and in two tongues, one song filled up that sky. Wow, a lot better. Yeah, so much better. And then and then when it gets to the part of the song where he talks about sort of the, the meaning of it, or they get into talking about the message they want to take from it, Garth has the lyrics. Then I thought that I was dreaming for there in... Right there in my sight stood the German soldier beneath the falling flakes of white, and he raised his hand and smiled at me as if he seemed to say, here's hoping we both live to see us find a better way. To see us and, find a better way is a bad yeah, lyric, isn't it? It's really bad. <laughs> and But then John McCutcheon has a couple different um, takes on the meaning of it. He has a verse, soon daylight stole upon us and France was France once more. With sad farewells, we each began to settle back to war. But the question haunted every heart that lived that wondrous night. Whose family have I fixed within my sights? Ugh. And then the very last verse, he says, My name is Francis Tolliver. In Liverpool I dwell. Each Christmas come since World War I, I've learned its lessons well. That the ones who call the shots won't be among the dead and lame. And on each end of the rifle, we're the same. Oh, man. Very, yeah. very good. I don't yeah. know why I still haven't listened to any John McCutcheon. <laughs> He's... <laughs> He's, you keep telling he's me really to, like every time you read his lyrics, I'm like, God, very, very good. Yeah, they're really well written. I mean, oh, man, he there are some albums in the 90s where it's not great and he gets like kind of sentimental and the music's not very good. But I really dig um, his earlier stuff from the 80s and I haven't listened to his more recent albums. Um, hmm. Yeah. So I, 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 I do appreciate what Garth is trying to do. And I, I appreciate the sentiment he's going for right i just don't think he does it very well no and i have such a great counter example uh edgar meyer is playing bass on this song and Yay! he sounds fucking awesome which he always yeah. does yeah so i think that's probably the best thing by far about this doing song. that acoustic sub bass sound again yeah. sounds very very good plays a couple Very melodies inception. here and there but mostly mm -hmm. the, the money the money is is all on that low note all right well that was my rant about this song bellow wood and yeah i don't know if i'm being very fair to it but i just have such yeah, a... everyone should go listen to that song instead yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so we've definitely run long um oh god do you wanna do you wanna go to the Amazon? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, okay, so the top critical review is titled Three Good Songs and it's written by T. Perry. Hmm. So Tyler Perry? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to be presumptuous. Uh, T. Perry writes, My ex-girlfriend wanted me to buy this for the I'm Alone song or whatever it's called. <laughs> this is a bore, so is she, she is gone. I think he killed her. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> She's gone. She was too boring to live, according to him. Um, and then, oh, boy. Jersey, top positive review, writes, Song for my dad. I want you to imagine this in all uppercase, all caps, which it okay. is. Um, okay. This album is so special to me. I dance with my daddy to friend to me. The words are exactly how much we were to each other. He passed, but I carried on our special bond. He, As he sings, you've always been time and again, and we will till God knows you've always been a friend to me. I love you, fatty. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not with T's. That's F-A-D-D-Y. <laughs> what? 
like XOXO, McFadden or something? Or like, is that short for something? No. I want you to look down at your keyboard and see that the F is right next to the D. Oh, no. I know, right? I love you, fatty. You'll always be my fatty. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so, that's that's one more be thing. Your cowboy, I just, baby. <laughs> it's just one more thing that I don't know how to feel about. <laughs> okay, I, I have a few song meanies for you. Fatty and one Fami. is about the song <laughs> Fatty and Fami. <laughs> Fatty and Nami. <laughs> oh jeez. Okay, so about the song, I don't have to wonder. DDDB writes, maybe he jumped in the river to get the ring back, not to commit suicide. <laughs> good point. <laughs> that is a good point. He realized he could take the ring to the pawn shop to get some fast cash. Hell yeah. He would then have enough money to go to Vegas and meet some cool cowgirls that wanted to drink and party? <laughs> Question mark. I love this fan fiction. Very, very know, good. Right? It's way better. Yeah. I, I wish he had it. written I'm, another I'm sequel. <laughs> Uh, yeah, He's exactly. completed the trilogy. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Okay, yep. Um, so <sighs> about the song "Bellow Wood." Yeah, here are two song meanings that I have no idea if they're trolling or not. All I right. want your opinion. <laughs> okay, so D Shiznit writes: the best part of it is that it is based on a real event, Christmas Eve War of eighteen twelve, if I remember correctly. Hmm. In the trenches. In the trenches. I mean, do they make it explicit? Do they literally say like 1914? Uh, a German soldier? Is there German soldiers in the War of 1812? I don't. I don't remember. That's the one with the can. That's the cannon song one, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. That's the one where they fire a real cannon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, I don't know. I don't know about no, 1812. That's the 1812 overture. No, no, that that song, people play it at like US events and think that it's about the War of 1812, but it's totally not. It's about the Napoleonic Wars and uh, Russia. Huh. Which just happens to share the year, yeah. Anyway. How dare you mansplain to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I was testing I let you. you be the one to do that. Uh, Rebel Mike 50 writes about the song Bellow Wood. It is based on World War II because my grandfather told me that while he and his fellow POWs were in the POW camp, they could hear the song being sung, and he was in World War II. I guess so, it's possible that this happened in World War II in, on a small maybe? scale. Maybe. But no, I don't think these people are trolling. I think they're just big old dummies. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay, well. I think that is the end, unless you have anything more to say. Uh, yeah, overall thoughts. I just, um, I was, I was a little underwhelmed. There were a lot of songs. I think there were too many songs. Uh, yeah. but I did appreciate the lack of fade outs. So, and like, oh yeah, bloated endings. So, except the one where he's whistling while it's fading out. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's two fade outs in the whole album. Uh, so. But uh, yeah, there's some there's some good moments. 
nothing better than the last album. Yeah. I don't think there's anything that I was crazy about. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just got a couple more. Like, what, three more? Uh, he has 11 total, I think, if you include Chris Gaines. Okay. Cool. Sick Gaines, bro. So, you can visit us on the website, on on the web, <laughs> at our website, at boxset.website, yeah. or you can go to thinkoutsidetheboxset.com if you're dumb and boring, but that's just going to redirect you to boxset.website. Yeah. And you can email us at electronic underscore mail at box set dot website. And we have and, a new uh, if you have we have a, a new URL too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we have a new URL. I bought cowboybaby.org. And I, <laughs> for now it just redirects to box set dot website. Yeah, but you for can now. visit us at cowboybaby.org. I'm gonna redirect it he to hasn't my deviant the nerve soon. to make a link to his deviant art. <laughs> Be to it, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, if if anyone could give us a rating on iTunes, if you have a second, that would be really great. It would really help us out. Please give us a good rating. Don't bother. <laughs> Talk about how much we hate Christians. Yeah. Uh, because we really do. And uh, apparently that plays well on the internet. I don't yeah. know. Whatever. <laughs> we don't actually hate them. And you can also listen to Cameron's other podcast called Get Up in the Cool. Get Up in that uh, Cool get up in the cool is that get up in the cool.com uh no it's uh cameron so i uh i put i funnel everything through my main website and uh, I host okay. it on there so it's cameron there's a get up in the cool button you can click that or cameron slash get up in the cool uh, but you can also just find it on uh facebook we have a new facebook group yep. anyway we've run so long uh, yeah so let's sign off and we I, can't cut Nathan any of it because it's all very good <laughs> <God> damn <laughs> yeah so, signing off, I'm Nathan Hunt, and I love to feel that rubber burn. I'm Cameron DeWitt, and uh, never leave dry land. <laughs> I'm Nathan, and I have an entire brain. <laughs> I'm Cameron, uh, and I'm the perfect mixture between a woman and a fine machine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Nathan Hunt, and I've got a long neck bottle, if you know what I mean. I'm gonna have to make this like the the uh, the little non sequitur bit at the end after no, this post credits bump. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I have that power. I can do that at, to you at any time. Yeah, I, I know. You better watch your goddamn mouth. Yeah. I... Yeah. There's yeah, this... Some days I'd rather kill you. 